Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Resocial Hour. Um, I'm Emily, and I'm here with Joey, Anthony, and um, a newcomer to the group, Allie. And we're here to talk about how we take care of our mental health and kind of our relationship with mental health throughout our education. Um, and we'll also try to infuse it with some practical self-care tips, because I know like I always need them. So I'm sure everyone else always needs them too. That's how that works, right? Um, so if everyone wants to go around and just like introduce themselves, that'd be great. Hi, I'm Joey, <laughs> and y'all know me, uh, but I, um, I'm super excited about this topic because it's something that I publicly post about on my social media heavily, and so, um, and one that I, I've engaged multiple times with, with students, so I'm super excited to get this one going. Hi, I'm Anthony. Um, yeah, I've dealt with my issues of mental health, too, especially after the comprehensive exam. And I'll go into more detail about that in a little bit. But, uh, yeah, this is a really interesting topic I'm looking forward to. And I just want to welcome Allie to ReSocial. So, Allie, thanks for being here. Thank you. I'm excited to be here. Um, like Anthony said, I'm Allie. Um, I also suffer from mental health issues. So talking about this is very hits home. It hits really close to my heart. Um, so I'm excited to see what, what tips we can give everyone. What I like about this group, like kind of just to kind of prompt the, you know, the, the conversation too, is that we're all like on different levels of our higher educational trajectory. You know what I mean? We have two grad students, we have a, a professor, we have an undergraduate. So this is really cool. Just hearing these levels of, of everything and I'm pretty sure a lot of them are going to be relatable in in more senses than none um because I mean like in my particular case a lot of it deals with the stress of of school you know like and the work that comes with it um for example like I like I mentioned in like in my introduction a lot of it was like I, I led it, so after my comprehensive exam which is brutal itself is just it's a brutal process I, um, I like was really burnt out because I was just like working hard on that. And so I was, um, what ended up happening is that I was, after my exam, I was so burnt out that it led me to get super depressed. And all I wanted to do was just stay in bed and sleep. These that originally made me happy, like playing video games, hanging out with friends, um, you know, spending time with my then partner, spending time with, you know, family and things like that and playing video games, things that I found enjoyment in, I struggled with. And I just wanted to be in bed, be away from everything and all that. But then I, I felt it, that I, I felt different. Like I felt that difference. And I was, I would be on the phone with my mom sometimes when I was back in college station, I would tell her like, I really just don't like who I am right now and I really want to make a change. And so the way I sought help for that and for the depression and burnout was I went to go see a therapist. Um, I, 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 again, this was all happening during the pandemic. So everything was online and I used, I think it was WebM, no, not WebMD. It was some platform that A&M has that I was able to use through the insurance that we have as graduate students and I was able to get a few sessions for free thinking that I would get like, because of the insurance, I was like, yay, free therapy. 
unfortunately that wasn't the case. It was only like five free sessions, but those sessions really, really helped me out. And if I could afford it still, I totally would still be going to therapy because man, it was awesome to be able to speak to somebody who didn't know like my backstory or like know me in a personal way, like my friends or family do and just can speak to me in a non judgmental way and provide like tips and feedback about how to deal with things in, in, and all that. And it made me realize too, that there was deeper problems that I had than just education. And so I was just like, Oh snap, I really need to figure things out. And you know what? It was super helpful. Like it was just like a really eye opening experience that I recommend to everybody. Like, like just therapy is cool, but you have to find the right person too. the guy that I was, uh, the guy that I was with, um was amazing and um we wouldn't just talk about like problems but we'd also geek out about popular culture too like when i remember like we first talk about our issues and he's all like so have you seen the new episode of rick and morty i'm like my man yes i have and so we geek out <laughs> about that you know so that was cool because it was lighthearted. you know it'd be a heavy conversation he's like all right cool it was pretty heavy let's talk about something a little bit lighthearted to kind of ease up in the conversation so i was like oh cool nice so, I mean, luckily I was able to overcome all that stuff. And I mean, don't get me wrong. I get anxiety every once in a while. I get down every once in a while. I think that's normal. But um, I think that's the worst I've ever gotten in terms of like my mental health and stuff. Every once in a while I get sad and homesick and I have imposter syndrome and all that. But I think overall, I think, you know, I've been able to kind of have like a half glass full type of mentality where I'm usually pretty positive, but I think if you were to have seen me during that side, that time, it was totally not the Anthony that people know and are used to. So, but I'm really glad. One other note I want to make is that I'm really glad for the people who were there in my life at that time too. And um, because without them, like straight up, like not just the therapy <laughs> and the therapist, but like my friends and family and just the people around me at that time really, really helped me get through that as well so i'm very thankful for everybody that in that period of time because man it, it's heavy it's heavy and i'm glad that i had like a strong like support system not just with my family and friends but like in the educational round too with my advisors and stuff because i would talk to my advisors about it and and my mentors about it and they'd be like no take time to yourself you need to you know rest you know <laughs> so i'm glad that they were understanding about all that because i know that there are some that aren't but I'm just thankful about that. And I feel good now, thankfully. Yeah, no, I definitely can relate to how quarantine affected my mental health. I wasn't able to see anyone because I lived in a hot spot during the time. So I was stuck at home with my parents and my relationship with my parents wasn't that healthy at the time either, just because we were around each other 24 seven. I was like, we'd get tired of each other and just start arguments out of nothing. Um, so quarantine definitely took a toll on my mental health as well. And I don't think we're the only ones that that affected. I feel like a lot of people being alone really brought out their underlying mental health issues with depression and anxiety and like all the things that they never worked through. Now they're being forced to just sit alone in their thoughts. And I feel like it just affected so many people that we don't even know like exactly how many amount of how many people were affected by it. And like coming to college for me after that and not having like a proper graduation and not having a prom and things like that. And basically like having these big life moments taken away from me was just 
it was terrible. I was so depressed. I was having such bad anxiety. Um, and I ended up getting into, into some trouble with it because it was making me be reckless and like be in this like manic state where I'm like, I'm so depressed. I don't care what happens. Like I'm going to do whatever I want. Um, so it got me into some trouble. And then it also got me into trouble with the university because it was like happened on university campus. And they were like, well, you have to get this great now. And if you don't do this, this, and that, you're going to get kicked out of the university. And so all of this stress of just trying to stay here was affecting my grades so much more. And it was like, I think I Q dropped two classes, failed two other ones, barely passed one. Like it was just terrible. And then at the same time, I was finding out like, oh my gosh, I have ADHD. Didn't know I had ADHD because the entire time of high school and middle school and elementary school, it was just memorization. That was it. And I could do that. But now trying to apply what I'm actually learning to my real life, it's not clicking. So was like diagnosed with all this stuff. And it just made me realize like, okay, if I had not been put in these situations, I would have never known how many other people are affected by this. And there's a lot of people that don't have like insurance. Like you said, like insurance is expensive one and therapy on top of it is really expensive. So if you don't, if you can't afford those resources and you also don't know about the resources, you think you're by yourself in all of it. So it's like, how can we know, how can we let people know that there are free resources available on their college campuses, in their cities, and also show them like, hey, you're not by yourself in this. You can reach out to this person, this person, this person, and they can help you through it. Because I know for me personally, having those resources available to me helped a lot more for me to get through everything I was going through, but also made me realize if I never had these, who knows what would have happened? Absolutely. I agree. Thank you both for sharing. I, I echo a lot of these sentiments. I personally didn't realize like my own mental illnesses until, until college. And it was very much, um, I remember how it happened, which is, I was like, the, okay, so I'm the kind of person that like, just like runs headfirst into doing a bunch of work. So I don't have to be alone with my thoughts. My entire life is, is around curating me, like doing stuff or being around people all the time. So I don't have to be alone in my own head. Um, and so like, I was just doing that. I was working three part-time jobs while full-time undergrad student. And I was just like, cause I had just gone through this breakup, you know, and it was like, just so like taxing on me that I was like, let me just do everything. So I literally have no time to think. Um, and you know, that, that turned out how you would think it would turn out or like, Oh, maybe for a few weeks, a month it worked, but then it was just like burnout, you know, just exhaustion. And I remember one of my professors, um, means a lot to me, uh, noticed, just like looked at me and they're like, how are you doing? And I was like, Oh, I'm good. And they're like, no, how are you doing? And I just like broke down sobbing. I just like, I just like, it just like shattered the veil just shattered. And I was like, they are broken in front of them in a hallway. And they're like, here, come with me. And they pulled me into their office and they like helped me find some therapists in the area and like told me I need to quit a job that day. They're like, you're quitting one of them, pick one of them, you're quitting it, you know? Um, and, and just really helped me kind of figure out how to find more balance um, and that meant a lot to me, you know, and, and so from then on, I saw a therapist got diagnosed with general anxiety disorder and like, you know, it's not as though my life's like instantly perfect now, you know, I do stuff like still have lots of anxiety, um, especially recently cause I've been transitioning and feel like I'm moving every, you know, every year I'm just moving to a new place, but, um, 
but that was something that really kind of sparked it for me. It was really like an educator realizing that I was going through something and I wasn't myself and just making like making a point to ask me about it directly, which is kind of hard to do. Like I taught public speaking at AM as a grad student. And I mean, that's kind of a hard thing to do to be like, okay, I'm noticing that you're acting differently. Like, tell me about it. Like, are you okay? Um, but I'm so glad that they did that. And like, I think recently I've been going through a lot of stress. Um, like I say recently, but I mean like the last like half a year. Um, and, and like what I've been trying to do to, you know, help my mental health is to create a lot more boundaries and to say no a lot more often. Um, or to say, yeah, I'd like to do that, but this is actually the capacity I can help in. Like I, I can't lead this, but I will assist. These are, this is my bandwidth. Um, and like I've told, I think I told Joey and Anthony countless other times, like that seems to actually be working out a lot better than I thought it was going to. I was kind of terrified to start saying no to people. Cause I feel like when you're a student, especially a grad student, people look at you like, oh, I'm giving you all these opportunities. Like you should appreciate them. You should like jump on them. And you're just like, yeah, but what you don't see is the other 30 opportunities that people have handed to me this month. And like, I can't take them all. It's not that I'm like trying to be rude and I don't appreciate it. I just literally can't do it. Um, or I'm sacrificing my mental health and my wellness to do it, which is a decision that I need to stop making. Um, and so that's really what I've been focused on doing and really reaching out to support systems. Like honestly, this podcast every week is one of my like greatest supports. I feel like in my life right now, reaching out to friends and family a lot more often, um, especially as I've been living away from them for like seven years of education. Um, and so, you know, that's something that I'm kind of, one benefit of COVID, not that there's many benefits, but that um, like like our reliance on technology and people's familiarity with technology like Zoom and like, I don't know, it's just to me a more emphasis on connecting across spaces than there was before. Like, even though we still had the same options, we just didn't use them as often. Yeah, I definitely agree with like saying no to people because I'm a people pleaser. I always have been. And I definitely noticed like, as an undergrad student, obviously everyone wants to party. Everyone wants to go drink. Everyone wants to go do this and that. And I'm like, okay, I'm struggling in school. I would love to go out with you, but at the same time, like where are my priorities and where's my mental health going to excel more in? And I've realized like I used to go out almost every day, my freshman year, just because my mental health was so bad. And I was trying to have like an escape and like trying to numb the pain, I guess is like the saying that people like to say these days I have no idea but um it was like I realized how much that actually was injuring my mental health and wasn't helping me at all it was just distracting me from the problems and now I'm like okay I'll go out like once a month maybe once once a week at that but it's like my schooling is actually helping me with my mental health because it's showing me like okay I have goals And I can meet these goals if I stick to being in school, making good grades, finishing my homework on time. And then it's like, okay, I get to go have fun now. But people react to you not going out in such a negative way in college because they're like, dude, you're never going to be able to do this again. Like, come on, come have this beer, come do this, come do that. And there's so much peer pressure around going out that it also hurts your mental health even more because you're scared of rejection from your friends, from those people you don't even know if you're in a sorority or a frat or things like that. Like if everyone else around you is doing it, you're like, well, I'm now the outcast. I don't want to be that outcast. So I'm just going to do it and say, okay, forget school. I don't need this. My mental health can wait. And so it's like that fear of rejection, that fear of not being included. 
that I think a lot of people honestly suffer from, because if you look at it, a lot of kids that never did anything in high school, like drink, do drugs, go party, even sneak out in high school are now doing all of these things just because they feel like they need to fit in and make all these new friends. When in reality, you don't need like a huge group of friends to feel the support. If you have like two to three great friends in your circle, you will feel so much more support than if you had 10 friends that don't even care about you. Absolutely. Yeah, this is like a, a really good stuff. I, um, you know, it's interesting because, you know, I could talk about it from my own perspective, but like, I think what the perspective I'd like to tr- attempt to talk about it as is faculty more than like my own experiences with it going through school. Cause I mean, y'all have shared y'alls and, um, but as faculty, it's, it's, uh, it's interesting because we emphasize that, that we should care and that we should look out for our students. And, um, you know, I felt like for a very long, I've been teaching 12 years now and I felt like for the longest time, People said that, but didn't really like follow through with that very often as, as colleagues. Um, but I will say, you know, like, again, like not that we're celebrating COVID, but I will say that I think COVID brought people a little bit more together and made people more forgiving of the students to an extent. I mean, maybe, I mean, obviously some faculty are still going to be the same, but I felt like a lot of, a lot of faculty were a lot more lenient. I those of y'all that have taken classes with me know like how lenient I am about it because I try and ebb and flow with the energy of, of my students in general. And during COVID, you know, the mental health was just, I mean, it was, it was off the hook. I mean, it was crazy. It was people didn't even see how drained they were. Like, you know, I had classes that lasted a whole semester where nobody would turn their camera on when we were online. Like people just didn't even want to look. They didn't want to see, they, they just, were checked in and, and I didn't, I wasn't upset. I never required it. I wasn't that kind of professor, but um, it said something, you know, it said something about like the status of where people were. It was like, like kind of like a temperature, you know, it wasn't just is what it is. And so um, even coming back uh, every, you know, when we came back in person in the fall, everybody was emotionally and physically like out of sync People didn't really know like what was going on. And I, and I feel like we're better this semester, but like, we're not fine this semester. I think it takes a lot more to socially interact in person than people remember. And I think people are a lot more tired. Um, I think people, uh, I think, you know, like I didn't, I didn't see anybody that wasn't like, I'm not, you know, I don't need spring break. <laughs> I was like ready. For, I was ready for spring break. Everybody was checked out like faculty included. Like, I mean, just everybody was, was like spring break 2022, you know, but, um, but in terms of mental health, like the other side is, you know, getting people help as faculty is very, uh, um, inconsistent right like it depends on who the faculty is it depends on if they understand what resources are available on campus and then um during COVID it was interesting too because like you had you didn't really have like you couldn't say just go to the counseling center because it's like you had to do that online and that setup was different and then people were at home and you know 
can they get counseling, uh, uh, telecount, like tele, you know, like video counseling and things like that, which then opened up a whole nother thing because like, um, even, even I needed counseling during COVID, um, last February or January and February, and, you know, I, I did it through video. Right. And so that was a whole new thing, um, was just even navigating the way the resources were changing. I mean, the past two years, how you get medical attention has, has fundamentally changed and the nuance to it has changed and how we can interact. So, so for me as faculty, it's, 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 um, it's a topic that is, is evolving, but it needs, there's a lot of work to be done. I, I, I still think we also have like a lot of, um, I don't know if it's generational. They all can chime in on this. I don't know if it's generational, but I feel like just a lot of people still don't believe in mental health issues and, and want to make people feel smaller for it, you know, and that's another big like issue that I, t- you know, I have a problem with <laughs> like, not, I was like, one, there's someone that has it, but then two, as like um, when people tell you to just get over it, you know, it kind of like doesn't work that way. And, or, you know, can't you just think past that or just like calm down and, and take a deep breath. And you're like, that's, that's nothing to do with what's going on. Um, I think that, that, uh, that, um, you know, we have to kind of rethink that. I think it's evolving because the, the, the longer that, or not the longer, but as people become more accepting of mental health issues in general, I think it'll get better, but I still think we have some really big gapping holes sometimes. Well, well, what do you think? I was going to say like right off the bat, I think the fact that we're having a conversation like this, that we're trying to bring awareness to issues that we've all personally faced and that others that we know have faced is a start. You know what I mean? The fact that there's more like awareness of these issues and these topics and what people are dealing with is, is, is a lot more common now, but like you mentioned, Joey, I think that there's a lot of people who have this old school mentality too, that it's like, Oh no, you're just going through a phase or, Oh no, you're just going through, you know, like you said, just take a deep breath or, Oh, just take a Tylenol or I don't know, something stupid to the extent, you know what I mean? And it's like, no man, it's like, it's, it's real. You know what I mean? It's like, in some cases it's easier to get over than others, you know, but, um, you know, it's like, it's a lived reality that a lot of us have had to face or are currently are facing, you know, and some days, you know, you have a smile on, but deep down inside, you feel like crap, you know? And then there's other days where it's just like, it hits you harder. Just like you, you look the way you feel, you know, and there's other days where you just feel great, you know? And, um, but I think, like I said, the fact that we're having a conversation like this and like sharing our own personal experiences is just one way to really like showcase the importance of this type of subject matter, you know? I definitely agree with that, especially because if freshman year me heard heard that a podcast was talking about it and it had all these different people on it that were like similar to my age or in my age range, I definitely would have wanted to hear it and wanted to learn more about what was actually going on with me. And I also agree with Joey, like, yeah, there is a huge generational gap about how to deal with mental health. I have family members that know about like my PTSD and trauma, things like that. And they're like, just leave it in the past. The past is the past. You can't change the past. And it's like, yeah, you're right. I can't change what happened, but it's still affecting me now. And I need your help on how to get through this. Um, 
but I definitely can see how the more we talk about it with those people that don't understand what's going on, the more understanding they become because mm-hmm. the family members that I've had issues with, I've talked to them more about it. I'm like, well, this is how it affects me. They're like, Oh, didn't never, I never saw it that way. Now I understand. And unfortunately there are people that are like stuck in their ways that are like, well, still like I have my own stuff. I went through things and look at me, I'm fine. When in reality, they just never address their own mental health issues. And so they don't know how to help you because they've never dealt with their own things. They've just kind of just pushed it off. Especially my parents are older and they're like in their sixties. So they kind of grew up with this whole, my mom grew up in a Mexican, traditional Mexican household. Once you turn 18, you're getting married, having kids. Mm-hmm. No one cares about what job you have to get nothing like that. And then my dad, on the other hand, was like a rebellion teen and he didn't really follow all the rules. So my mom got married, had a, two kids, then got a divorce because she didn't know what a healthy relationship was. So she has all these issues from that. And then my dad also got a divorce and then they met each other and then had me, but he also has all these issues from that as well that he's never worked through. So now I have all these issues and they're like, we don't know how to help you go see a therapist. Here's some meds. I don't know. And so I definitely think for those people that are in that situation of like, I have no family members that understand what I'm going through, or they have their own things that they haven't worked through. And they're kind of just pushing whatever they were taught on me. Who in the heck can I talk to? Mm-hmm. I am so lost. I don't know what's going on with me. I'm sad all the time, but I don't know if it's actually depression because they're just telling me I have no reason to be depressed. And I feel like having faculty care about that is great. But I also feel like some kids have been told so much like, oh, it doesn't matter that they're kind of scared to open up to the faculty about it. And so like, I know, for, exist- uh, for example, Dr. Robler here at AM, he has lost a son to suicide. So mental health is very strong to him. Like he is very passionate about it and wants to talk about it all the time. The first two days of class, that's all we talked about was mental health resources on campus. And I think that was so awesome. But I also know that some kids were still scared knowing having these resources, knowing that they have these resources that they were just going to get shut down. And so it's also about like changing the culture of like, it's okay to not be okay. Definitely. Yeah, I completely agree. And I, I think one of the issues that I have in grad school, which probably others can relate to is that when you're a student, since there's often this kind of like power dynamic, like if, if you are struggling and you come to a professor, like you can feel like they're going to look down on you and think you're just like trying to get out of it or you're lazy or you didn't do well enough at balancing and, and all of this stuff. And so I think it can be really hard to even bring it up because like, I I assume how they're going to look at me and it's really hard also to like, know if it's going to be damaging or not. Like that was something when I think when I applied to AM, I was like for grad school, I was like, do I, do I write down that I have a mental illness on my application? Do I not? Cause I always ask you like, you know, and like, I don't remember what I put, but like, I remember how hard the decision was. Cause I was like, well, on one hand, I want to be transparent about this so people know and I could get accommodations and resources, but I also don't want to write it down. Cause like, like in grad school, there's already this like assumption that a lot of people are dealing with a lot of stress and like, like I didn't want professors or future mentors to see me as like weak or that I wasn't going to be able to like carry on like projects or that I was going to drop the ball or something. And so 
I remember just the stress of that decision. And I'm like, how much do I disclose? Who do I disclose to? And I often err on the side of transparency, um, which is, you know, it's a decision. It could hurt me later. But I also think it's important because it lets other people know that you're not like they're not alone in going through it. Um, so I think that's one, another thing that we need to change is kind of the student faculty dynamic that makes students feel like they can't because it um, and that kind of positions mental health as an excuse. I know I'm on the like um, professors like subreddits on Reddit and stuff. Sometimes and I see a lot of that like, oh, you know, students are using mental health as an excuse. And I'm like, yeah, maybe some, but like for a lot of us, like that literally is what's going on. And sometimes it unfortunately is exacerbated during finals or like at the end of the semester. And so it might look like I didn't have issues the whole semester, but that's not the case. That's just the most stressed out time. And I'm doing my best at balancing throughout the semester. But when it gets really hard, sometimes I, I, it doesn't work. Sometimes, you know, I, might, I get emotional or like, you know, I have days at school where I'm just like, if one more bad thing happens, I'm going to go cry in a hallway. Exactly. But right now I have to go to class. So I'm going to go to class, you know, and it's like, they don't see that struggle. They just see the the emotions after and you're just like, oh, yeah. So I, th- there you I, go. Think, um, <laughs> I think like that's a really valid perspective about faculty because, you know, uh, uh, you know, people know about me is that, I mean, I, I just wear my, my, uh, anxiety on my sleeve. It's on my Instagram. It's on everything that all my social media, I talk about it constantly my, in my YouTube, like everything. And, and, uh, but when, when you're dealing with faculty, I mean, yeah, you still get faculty that don't want to create that space at the, at the, uh, uh, collegial level, like as colleagues. And, um, now the plus side is here at AM, I have not experienced that. Like it's been super supportive and, and our department has actually been really good about it um, in terms of mental health and space and just uh, even like with COVID, it was just amazing to see our department's uh, faculty just really um, have empathy uh, for each other. Cause like that was, that was pretty rare. I mean, I, Maybe some of y'all have had some, you know, calm professor that doesn't, hasn't had too much empathy or something. But for the most part, like our calm department has has been has has pretty good empathy, um, and has a pretty good culture of empathy. Uh, but on, uh, but I haven't seen that everywhere. You know, I definitely, you know, when I think the other part of it too, though, is that like I went through this as an undergrad, and I'm so I always have my anthropologist hat on. I'm always thinking about other people's lived realities that if I barely feel like doing this thing and, uh, and I show up, you know, and do it, I'm not like, well, then everybody should have to do that. It's like, no, like, you know, yeah, I, I, uh, a good job. Good for you, Joey, you did that. But sometimes some other people really are in a dire other situation. And, and, and so often like in life, I, I think that as soon as you start assuming those things, that's when you really start departing from, uh, having empathy for others that you just don't know what their background really is. You don't know what what they've gone through and what what uh, experiences they've had to be letting you know, like, no, really, I can't come in today. I have this issue. And you go, well, you just need to work harder and, and you know, get some sleep or something. And you're, then it turns out that, like, you know, like, it can be, it's like as blatant as them having cancer and them dealing with it and not, you know, just not wanting to share it with the rest of the world. 
you know, uh, or them having someone that just passed away or them having been ED'd, you know, emergency detentioned that week before. And, uh, and, and they're coming off of that and they don't need to tell you that, you know, so have some empathy for people and, and, uh, and think about that. And that's always been my policy. Like, like I have this really, I don't know, it's not in Ali's class cause I'm, I'm teaching the class that, uh, she's in as, as an overload, but in all my other classes, I rec- it's 10 points off your grade. If you don't come to class, like off your final grade, if you don't come to my class and, um, all you have to do is let me know why you're not going to make it uh, ahead of time or like right after. And I'm like, okay, that's fine. But I want to have this like duality where I can't, I can't have empathy for you if I don't know what's going on. Yeah. Right. So it's kind of like this dual thing where like, if people are going to be skipping my class, I don't want that. But if you really are having a hard time, just say, Hey, like I'm having a hard time. I can't make it to class. I'm letting you know. Okay, that's fine. But if you skip my class like six weeks in a row or something like that, and I'm telling you I'm taking 10 points off um, and you really just don't care, like, well, then, yeah, you're probably going to fail my class, even if you make hundreds, which, by the way, like I I have not had to do, you know, because this works. But like it's one of those things where um, we have to rethink like our models of of teaching and, and measurement you know, sometimes so that it has empathy built into it. Like, I feel like my model that I use for attendance is a pretty empathetic model and that it makes you have to have personal accountability as the person, but it also gives you room that like, if you really are having a problem that week, like, yeah, you can email me and let me know. And that's because that's how work's going to be. Like if you ever go have a job and that's how you're, you're, if you run a business or whatever, like you're going to want to let people know like, Hey, just want to let you know, not going to be here, giving you a heads up or, Hey, like, I'm sorry. I didn't make it like, this is what's going on. Um, and not explicit, you know, you don't have to tell me everything, but just enough to let me know, like, you know, you weren't, you weren't able to make it and can I have a recording of the class or whatever. Um, I think that, that we need a world of, of teachers and professors that kind of are more empathetic in general uh, and, tra- and I don't know if it's training for empathy, but it probably wouldn't hurt. <laughs> I guess. Funny that you're mentioning all this, like the fact that this part of the conversation is happening because literally last Thursday in my class, I, I stopped doing class and it was just like, all right, let's not talk about classwork for a bit. I want to have a real conversation with you all. I asked them, how are you all doing? And a lot of them just give me that deer in the head, like, look, like, like, you know, like I did it literally on the Zoom screen. I know this is an audio recording and I forget that sometimes, but um, yeah, it's a deer in the headlights look, you know. And so, and I asked them, like, literally, how are you all doing? And then a lot of them were like, okay, good. And then so I said, okay, well, here's real talk for you all. If you all ever need to just like not come to class because you have, you need a mental health day or you're going through a hard period in your life right now, you're overwhelmed or anything like that. Just email me. That's all I need you to do. Yeah. I stated that early in the semester and a lot of my students do that. I had a student miss about a week and a half or two weeks of class because he was going through stuff. And I was like, okay, whether you are or not, that's cool. I respect that. But I want you to know that, Hey man, I empathize for you. And I know what you've gone. Like I, I, in my 
own lived realities and experiences, I've gone through my own stuff too. And so, you know, I, I don't want you to understand that. Like, if you need somebody to talk to, I'm here for you. If you need some time off, go ahead. You know what I mean? Like, this class, the class is meant to be a creative space, a safe space, a welcoming space. That's what I want in my classroom personally. And I want my students to feel that this is a comfortable place for them. You know, I don't want them to feel like this is an overwhelming and stressful environment because I like to have my classes be fun. You know, I like my classes to be like really cool, fun spaces for them to be in, you know? And so, you know, my students are going through that or going through a hard time. You know, I tell them, look, if you need a talk, I'm here for you all. If you need space, or need time away from class, that's cool too. Just send me an email saying like, hey, I'll be able to make it. I'm just going through a hard time right now. Or just send me a message to group me or something like that just to let me know. And we're good. You know what I mean? And the good thing is that you can always make up the work. And so... I feel like uh, going off of that for just a second, I, um, I feel like group meets have also helped a lot. At least in my classes, people tend to speak up and say, hey, like, like even this week, I don't know if you saw that, Ali. People were like, hey, what about the grades on this and that, right? <laughs> and, and I was like, huh, you know, I should probably <laughs> totally forgot about that. <laughs> and I'm like, this is stressing them out. They're thinking I've got to get an A for this class. And I'm over here like a tool, you know, <laughs> like freaking didn't didn't put these in. And I'm like, oh my gosh, okay. I'm like, look, like one, don't worry about it, but but I'm gonna get these all taken care of, and I apologize, you know. Just having some minimal respect instead of going like, well, you know, it'll be done when it's done or something like that. <laughs> yeah. Instead, I just own it and I go, you know what, y'all are right. Like, hey, like I can see why because we're so driven grade wise. Like, this is important and it needs to be timely on on things that I just were like oh it's just participation it'll be fine but then I was like no it's not just participation to them they're, they're it's the end of the semester they're starting to calculate things out and and get real nitty-gritty and and those one or two points might make a difference between an A and a B for some of them and let's not let's not take that for granted Jerry let's get them feeling okay so yeah, yeah I definitely think having that like open communication with students just creates like a healthy relationship between faculty and students overall. And also like in the classroom, like, like you said, Anthony, like I want my classroom to not be stressful. Like I want people to be able to talk to me and like my students to know, like you can come and talk to me about anything. And like, I won't judge you. I won't have this like facade against you. Like, Oh, I'm a teacher. I'm just going to push you off to the mental health services and that's it. Like, I'm actually going to sit here and help you and give you advice that helped me. And um, also, like, going back to burnout, I actually, I've been hearing a lot more about burnout, and I haven't been able to recognize it in myself yet, but I looked it up, like, how long it takes to recover from it, and it says it takes at least 11 weeks, but it it could honestly take from a year to several years to, like, recover from it, because it's so your body has gone through so much like emotional stress and physical stress that it's like, I don't know what I'm doing anymore. I don't know how to function. And I feel like people like me, like, I don't know when I'm burnt out. I just think I'm tired. And I feel like that also leads back into mental health of like, okay, I'm tired. I don't feel like going to class. I'm just not going to email him. I'm not going to go to class because what am I going to tell him? I'm tired. I'm mentally drained. And so I think having that healthy relationship with your, with your professors is good and it's nice to have because like you said like whenever you go into the real world of jobs and careers like 
they're going to want to know why you're not showing up. You can't just not show up. And so I think having that kind of like training for it in college of like reaching out and having healthy communication with those above you can help you in the real world. Mm. Definitely. Which I was never taught until I came to college. <laughs> this is a good conversation. I really enjoyed it. Like, I wish I knew more resources that I could share for our listeners and everything like that. But one, I don't know where everybody's listening from. And two, um, you know, uh, I don't know what everyone's dealing with and I apologize for that, but just know that you're not alone. And, you know, I hope that this conversation helped you in the process of things to not just reflect on yourself in the process, but reflect on others around you, because I think that's really important to be empathetic. Like we were talking about, and also just to be like respectful, you know, because everyone's dealing with different things behind closed doors and through their own way of trying to navigate the world. You know, we're all trying to navigate the world in our own different way. Some people have it easier than others and others have to go through hurdles and mountains of obstacles. And so, you know, just, I hope that this episode really was helpful for you all and was, um, you know, just something to think about in the larger discussion of things. So, Emily, I guess you want to close it out. You're the host of this one. Yeah, yeah. I just want to say thank you, everyone, for sharing. Um, I know this is a pretty deep conversation. Um, and for anyone listening, we do have some posts up on TikTok asking you to share some tips. So if you want to, like, engage in conversation further and share what you do, we would absolutely love for you to do that. Um, but otherwise, thank you so much. Have a great day. <laughs>